From Maine Public Radio and mainepublic.org, I'm Robbie Feinberg with the news on this day in Maine, Monday, February 5th, 2024. This day in Maine is made possible by listeners and by Eastern Basements, a division of Maine-owned Eastern Mold Remediation. Offering crawl space repairs and waterproofing, easternbasements.com. A federal appeals court has found that Maine's restrictions on the distribution of certain voter information go against federal law. The conservative nonprofit Public Interest Legal Foundation sued the state over the restrictions, which prohibit certain groups from publishing any information that would identify specific voters. In a ruling last week, an appeals court ruled that those restrictions are preempted by the National Voter Registration Act, writing that disclosure is necessary in order to fix any irregularities in the voter rolls. It also said that proper redaction of information can address privacy risks. But Maine Secretary of State Shanabello says she's concerned that releasing that information could be an invasion of voter privacy. Given recent events, I'm deeply concerned about voters who have experienced online or offline harassment campaigns. And I worry that some voters might be dissuaded from registering to vote because of fears about their data now being potentially published online. Bello says the state has yet to decide if it will appeal the ruling. Northern Light Health has taken its patient record system offline after computer servers were compromised over the weekend. In a notice on its website, Northern Light says that none of the affected servers contained patient information, but were taken offline out of an abundance of caution while the breach is investigated. System officials say most appointments are continuing as scheduled, and they expect patient records to be back online at some point on Monday. The Maine Supreme Judicial Court ruled last week that a U.S. Supreme Court ruling on a Colorado case last year does not impact Maine's stalking law. Caitlin Badayan has more. Jacob Labby appealed his stalking conviction to Maine Supreme Judicial Court, arguing that Maine's stalking statute is unconstitutional and that the court must apply the U.S. Supreme Court decision to his case. The Colorado decision focused on a First Amendment challenge, finding that the state courts used the wrong test in determining the true threat of the speech used by an accused stalker. Labby's lawyer argued that the state's argument at trial also focused on the content of his speech, but the Maine Supreme Court disagreed, saying his case focused on his repeated actions to contact the victim. The court also disagrees with Labby's argument that Maine's stalking law is unconstitutional. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Caitlin Bedayan. An attorney for the family behind the Wreaths for America program says it's no longer pursuing plans for a massive flagpole and veterans park in rural Washington County. Tim Pease says the Worcester family wanted to be a good neighbor to residents in and around Columbia Falls, so it's decided to, quote, move on from this project after hearing feedback on their plans. The family, after careful reflection, listening to the community and and, uh, weighing all of the different uh, viewpoints, uh, they've decided to uh, not pursue the flagpole of freedom project as it was envisioned. Peace says the family has no plans to pursue the project anywhere else at this time. Timber HP, the first company in North America to offer wood fiber insulation, is expanding production and staff. CEO Joshua Henry says the company will eventually hire more than 140 staff for full production. 
Um, and we think that's really just the beginning um, as people start to get their hands on the material and recognize its performance attributes. The company, which operates at the former Madison Paper Mill, has been producing a loose-fill insulation for several months and just began shipping Timber Bat, a denser insulation, this week. The third and final product, an insulation board, will begin production in the coming months. The Finance Authority of Maine and the Maine Rural Development Authority have approved a million dollars in loans for the expansion. The Maine Turnpike Authority will begin a series of public meetings next month on the proposed Gorham Connector. The four-and-a-half-mile road will connect the Turnpike's Exit 45 near the Maine Mall with the intersection of Route 114 with the Gorham Bypass. It's hoped the road will ease congestion, but skeptics say new road construction traditionally leads to development and ultimately more traffic. The Turnpike Authority is planning several meetings to gather public input, with the first to be held in Gorham in March. Death by chronic entanglement wounds. That's the assessment of experts who examined a critically endangered right whale that washed up on a Martha's Vineyard beach last week. CAI's Eve Zuckoff reports. Experts identified the whale as 5120, a three-year-old female that first got entangled with rope around its tail at just a year and a half old. As the whale grew, the rope became deeply embedded, a painful, stressful condition that ultimately killed the whale, according to a preliminary report. Parts of the rope have now been turned over to the National Fisheries Service's law enforcement arm so gear experts can examine it and try to identify where it may have come from. The death has devastated right whale advocates who say there are just about 350 North Atlantic right whales left. For the New England News Collaborative, I'm Eve Zuckoff. And that's today's Maine News. For more stories, visit mainepublic.org. And coming up on Maine Calling at 11 o'clock on Tuesday morning, Atlantic salmon were once prevalent in the eastern U.S., but now Maine is home to the last remaining wild Atlantic salmon in the country. We'll learn about the challenges facing this endangered species and what's being done to protect and restore the fish in Maine waters. I'm Robbie Feinberg. Thanks for listening.